We are going to learn the Sicha on Shavuos in Chelek Yud Zayin. Chelek Yud Ches, I'm sorry. Uh, the first Sicha on Shavuos, and it is a fascinating inner explanation of the story that Gemara tells us relating to what happened when Moshe Rabbeinu came to get the Torah for the Yidin, and the Malachim were not so ready to give it up. We also see in the Sicha the profound lessons that we learned from this Medrash and the whole purpose of our being here and what is so wonderful about being, about being a Yid and having the Torah to fulfill the whole purpose of creation in this world. So in the beginning of the Sicha, the Rebbe tells us that the Gemara relates the following, that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Shamayim, the Malachim asked Hashem, Rabbeinu Shalelam, what is the son of man? What is the human being doing amongst us? So Hashem said to them, he came to receive the Torah. So the Malachim responded and said, the Torah is so precious and so treasured and it's hidden. You want to give it to a person of flesh and blood? A pasuk we hear in Tilim. What is man that we should even remember him? What is the purpose even of mentioning the name of mankind? Your glory belongs in the heavens. So Hashem said to Moshe, give them an answer. So Moshe said, Master of the universe, the Torah that you gave me, what is written in it? I am Hashem who took you out of Mitzrayim. And Moshe said to the Malachim, did you descend to Mitzrayim? Were you subjugated to Paro? What do you need the Torah for? What is written in the Torah? Do not have other gods. Are you then amongst the nations, resting amongst them who serve idols, so that you would be affected by idols? And similarly, Moshe had a response to each of the Dibros. You don't do any malacha. You don't do any labor. What would you have to do with Shabbos when the Torah says not to do malacha? You don't do business. What do the laws of honest business practices have to do with you? You don't have parents. How would you observe the mitzvah of honoring your parents? You have jealousy. You have a yetzer hara. You don't have any of that. The Torah would not serve any purpose for you. And the Gemara continues that immediately the malachim acknowledged what Hashem said. So we learn an interesting thing. What was it that the malachim were basing on when they said we don't want to give the Torah to Moshe to take down to earth when they said why did they even feel that the Torah was meant to remain in the heavens and they answered that this is what's called the law of a bar mitzvah what's a bar mitzvah so in the case of a bar mitzvah we talk about two adjacent neighbors who share a common property and one of them is selling his field to the other. Somebody is selling their field and the neighbor has the right to get the field before anybody else does because he is right next door and he's even allowed to take it from the one who wants to take it. Why? Because it's good for the people who share the adjacent property that if one is selling to the other, he will be able to have both fields together. That would be the right thing rather than to give it to somebody else. One would be near the other, and the Torah says, You should do what is right, and you should do what is good, in the eyes of Hashem. So now the Malachim 
What was their complaint? Being that the Torah is hidden, it's kept as a treasure by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's in the heavens, it's in Shamayim, and they are also in Shamayim, so they certainly would apply the law of Bar Mitzvah. They are right there, it belongs to them. They are adjacent neighbors to this Torah that's above, and therefore they feel that it should remain above. According to Halacha, they felt they have this claim. And it's not so much that the Malachim wanted to take the Torah away, because we find that in the Torah it says, Tzavas B'nai Yisrael, Dabarel B'nai Yisrael, Torah does speak to Yidin, but the law of Abraham Mitzvah is that even after it's sold, you have a right to get it. That's the law of the Torah. And in order to answer the question, how do they, how does Moshe have a right to get the Torah? The Rebbe brings several Mepharshim who answer this question. One is that when it comes to our Bar Mitzvah, it doesn't apply in all situations. It only applies with property, with real estate. But you can't move from place to place. The movable property does not fall into that law. Torah is not earth. Torah is a movable item and it can be brought anywhere. So it doesn't necessarily have to be given to the one who is adjoining and feels that it rightfully belongs to them. Another thing we bring is, that ever brings, that when it comes to the law of Bar Mitzvah, this law of giving it to the neighbor, to the one who is adjacent to the property, it's only when something is being sold, but not when something is being given as a gift. And as far as we know, the Torah was given to us as a gift. Another interesting thing, that Yidin are close to Hashem. How do we know Yidin are close to Hashem? So we have a pasuk in Chumash that says, Mi goy gadol, who is such a great nation, Asher lo elokim krove love, that has a God so close to them. And Yidin are called banim lamakom. They are Hashem's children. And when it comes to relatives and when it comes to birth children, so the law of Bar Mitzvah doesn't apply. Another explanation, it says about Moshe that he was Isha elokim, a godly man. And the Medrash tells us what does that mean? That the bottom half, in the bottom half, he resembled a human being, and the top half of his body, he resembled a God. So Moshe Rabbeinu was a bar mitzvah to the Torah, belonged to him. Another explanation, it says in Chumash that the people stood, the nation stood upon Moshe from morning until night. This is something we learn when Moshe was judging the people. And we learned that Moshe was done din emeslamito. Moshe, when he judged a case, when he tried to figure out who was right, when people came to complain upon something, it says he did it so correctly and properly, and it's as if he came up, became a partner with Hashem in creation. And the law is that when the one who wants to take the property is a shutuf, a partner of the one who's selling, it doesn't necessarily belong to him because he's not included in this law of Bar Mitzvah. Now, considering all these things we said, the Rebbe asks the following question. The last two things where we gave an explanation and we spoke about how great Moshe was and that he really uh, was like part of what's above, like part of where the Malachim were, if we stop to think about it, Moshe, it says, received the Torah from Sinai, but Moshe did not receive the Torah just for himself. Moshe got the Torah from Sinai for all Yidin. 
And therefore, there are mefarshim that say that all Yidin are a bar mitzvah for the Torah, because neshamas of Yidin, that's where they come from. As it says, gzuros mitachas kiseh hakovah, they are literally carved out from the kiseh hakovah. Another thought, when all the Yidin received the Torah at the time of Matan Torah, it says that all the Yidin became partners with Hashem. Because Yidin at the time of Matan Torah had already received some mitzvahs earlier, like we know the mitzvah of Shabbos, which was given in Morah before Matan Torah ever happened. And we have an interesting saying of our sages that anyone who davens Erev Shabbos and says the Pasuk Vaycholu HaShamayim, that Hashem rested on Shabbos, it says about it says about every yid so all yidin are partners with hakadosh baruch Hu. now we're going to go a step further if we go to all of these explanations that the mafarshim bring but not one of them mentions the answer that Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Malachim. What he said to the Malachim was not related to the fact that the Torah belonged to him because he was a partner, because he was great, because the Yidden were great. But he answered them something completely different. And if we go further, on the contrary, in the last three explanations we brought, which showed how great Moshe Rabbeinu is, that he was Ishalokim, that he was half man and half Ishalokim, half Malach, that he was judged din at din emeslam mito, that he uh, was very very close to Hashem and all yitnar called banim lamakom. All these three explanations that we gave, the last three that we gave, seem to indicate the opposite of what Moshe was saying when he was talking to the malachim, because when we look at the explanations that Moshe that we just had, we show how Moshe was very close to Hashem, how Moshe is connected to the heavens, how Moshe is a partner with Hashem, and that's why the Torah belongs to him. But the answer that the Gemara brings, with which the Rebbe starts the Sicha, it says exactly the opposite, it emphasizes the opposite, that Torah is connected not with heaven, not with Malachim, not with godly things, Torah is connected with Yerida le Mitzrayim, the first Debra says, I took you out of Mitzrayim. Going to Mitzrayim is called the Yerida, it's a descent. It speaks about the Gashmias, the physicality of the one who is getting it. It speaks about those who experience jealousy and those who have a Yetzir Hara, and the Torah really belongs to them. Similarly, the first two answers we brought in the collection of five answers after we learned the Gemara, also have a problem, because in the first explanation that we gave, when we said that the law of Bar Metzra applies only to real, pro to real estate, to property that can't be moved, so that's why it has to go to the one who lives next door, so he should be able to develop his fields and have them close together. This does not apply to property that is moved around, because you can get this anywhere and bring it wherever you want. You don't have to have the one that's adjacent to you. But this reason does not seem to apply to the Torah. The Torah is not an ordinary kind of item that can be taken from one place and be brought to another. Because the Torah cannot be taken anywhere else, it can only be taken from Shamayim. No other place has it. The second explanation, that we say that the dinner of Bar Metzra applies when someone is making a sale, when someone is purchasing something from someone who is selling. And Torah was given as a gift. But in truth, we find three different expressions regarding how we acquired Torah, how Torah came to us. One is called Yerusha. Yerusha means inheritance. 
as we all know, the Apostle Torah, Tzivon Lanu Moshe, the Torah which Moshe commanded us, is a Morosha, it is an inheritance. It's not something you buy. It is also called Mechira, something that is sold. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, and Chazal say that Hashem said to the Eden, Macharti Lachem Torah, see, I sold you my Torah. The Torah is also called a Matana, a gift. A gift is something that you don't buy. It's not something you inherit, but you receive it because you appeal to someone for some reason. And Chazal tells us that Hashem gave the Jewish people three great gifts, three good gifts, and one of them is a Torah. And we all know the standard wording, the standard expression. Shvuas is called Zmat. Matan Torah Seinu. It was something gifted to us. So these three expressions of Yerusha, inheritance, Mechira, something that has got, gotten through a sale, Matana, something which is gifted, these three expressions show three ways that didn't are connected to the Torah, as it's explained in various places. So because Torah is also connected to something that has been sold and received in that manner, so then the law of Bar Mitzra would apply to the Torah. Another explanation that may fit in with what the Gemara said, that most Rabbeinu, regarding the way most Rabbeinu answered them, that they have no connection to Torah because their, their existence is not to relate to anything the Torah expects. It doesn't mean anything to them, practically. So Chazal tell us an interesting thing, that when the Malachim wanted the Torah, they actually knew that the part of Torah that Moshe was answering them for the part of Torah that relates to Gashmias, the part of Torah that's the pshat of the Torah, the literal, don't do this and don't do that, and do this and do do that. That's not what they were looking for. They wanted the chelak hasod of Torah. They wanted the esoteric Torah. They wanted the secrets of Torah. And therefore, when they said that it belongs to them, it's adjacent to them, and they have a right to it, they were referring to the chelak of sod, the hidden Torah, not the revealed Torah that we read about in the Chumash. And being that Yitin had received the entire Torah, and the Malachim only wanted really one portion, so we have another interesting law, that if somebody sells his entire estate, all his estates, to another person, then you can't be a Bar Mitzvah. There is also another law, that if the person uh, wants the property, and he, he wants it uh, to enjoy, to benefit from, and the one who wants to take the property, wants to buy the property, needs it very badly, he is in a situation of distress, so then the law of Bar Mitzvah wouldn't apply. We would give it to the one who was in distress, not the one necessarily who was the neighbor. And the Rebbe says the same thing applies in our case. The fact that we need to have the Torah resembles a situation of the cheika, leishaita, when someone is in serious distress, when someone is in a tight situation. Because the Torah relates to the vitality of a yid, and through Torah, a yid is the only way a yid could overcome the yitzer hara. That's why Torah is called chayenu, it is our very, very life. And as our sages tell us, Hashem says, barasi yitzer hara, I created the yitzer hara, Ubarasi lo, and for this Yetzir Hara, I created a Torah as a tablet, as a flavor enhancer, as a seasoning. Whereas when it comes to Malachim, when Malachim wanted the portion of Sod of Torah, they don't have the Yetzir Hara, 
So for them, the need for Torah might be something nice, beneficial. It could expand their horizons, if you want to put it in those terms. But they certainly don't must have it to survive. And once we say this, we can ask some more questions. When Moshe said to the Malachim, did you go down to Mitzrayim? You don't even do Malacha. You don't do business. You don't have mothers and fathers. You, you have a Yetzir Hara. You don't have a Yetzir Hara. He asked them, do you have a Yetzir Hara? So, of course, they, they have no connection to that part of the Torah. But on the other hand, the Malachim knew that they don't have a part, a connection to that part of the Torah. And that's why initially they asked for the hidden part of Torah. And, Moshe, and here we have the answer, this particular answer that we mentioned before, that if somebody sells all his possessions, uh, then nobody can come and say that they are a neighbor and they want it because he's, sold, he's selling everything. But Torah is the life of a Yid. How come Moshe didn't mention anything like that to the Malachim? And if we say that for the Yidin, the Torah is essential because they're in a tight spot and Yidin can't be without it because of the wars they have with the Yetzir Hara, this explains what Moshe said to the Malachim, what the Yetzir Hara does to a person, that he needs a Torah to combat it. But Moshe, when he answered them, he said to them, Klum atem osim malacha. you don't do malacha, you don't do business, you don't have mothers and fathers, you don't do any of these things. So the answer to the malachim was not so much, well, you don't need the Torah because you don't have to fight the Yetzir Hara, but rather the answer is, is that the Chelek of Shat of Torah doesn't have any connection to them. So how are we going to understand this? What really happened? What did the malachim really want? And what did Moshe answer them, and why did he answer them specifically in that way? And when we see that, we will see that this is really how it has to be, and there cannot be any other way to explain it. So let's go further. We're getting closer to the answers to our questions. What is the purpose of the Torah? What is the ultimate goal? Why did Hashem give us the Torah? So we all know, because when Hashem created the world, why did he create it? He had a goal, he had an intent. What was the intent? So we all know the famous words. Medrash tells us, Nisava HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem had a strong desire. He wanted to have a dwelling place down here below. Notice, it says he wanted a dira. He wanted, it doesn't say he wanted a house. It uses the word dira. What is a dira? A dira is a place a person's own dwelling place, a place where a person can be comfortable, where a person doesn't have to wonder what others think of him, but the person can really express his very essence in that place. That's how the dira of a person, the apartment or the private dwelling place of a person, differs from any other place where a person may find himself. Similarly, Hashem desired that his very essence should be expressed right here in this physical world, this is where Hashem wanted to feel most comfortable. This is where Hashem felt that his essence could be most clearly revealed and most clearly delight in being here. And this can only happen through Torah because we are told that when we learn Torah, the Medrash tells us when you're learning Torah, you're literally taking me. Me is my essence. And once it comes to this point, the complaints of the, the complaint of the malachim that they say they're the next ones in line to keep it because that's where it is and that's where they belong as well. 
this all falls away because we just said there's another law that we actually didn't say that if there is a field and one wants the field in order to plant and the one who's the neighbor and the other one wants it in order to build a house it goes to the one who has to build a house because building a house is preferable and then the law of bar mitzvah of the neighbor who has a right to it would not apply so that's exactly what happens here being that the whole point of the torah is to make a dira a dwelling place right here on this earth so then that takes precedence over anything else and this is what moshe rabbeinu said let's look carefully at the words with which we started Moshe said to them, the Torah doesn't apply to you. The first Deborah speaks about taking you out of Mitzrayim. So he says to them, Mitzrayim You went down to Mitzrayim. You were never in Mitzrayim. What's Mitzrayim? Mitzrayim is a place of restrictions and constraints. You don't do melacha. You don't do, have no business amongst yourselves. Why is Torah connected to Yidin? Because Yidin are here to settle the world, to make the world a dwelling place right here in our physical world, where we are living amongst many others, where we can be tempted to do the things they do. As we said in the beginning of the Medrash, they serve idols. It might make us want to serve idols. It might make us jealous. We may have all kinds of issues down here. And that's why Torah was given to us, to help us overcome these things to do exactly what Hashem says in the Torah, even though naturally that seems to be a conflict to Torah. And this is what makes the Dira down here in Tachtonim, where the Malachim have no connection. Now, another interesting thing, fascinating thing that the Rebbe mentions now, why was the Torah not given to the Malachim? It's not because the Malachim don't need the expressions of godliness that come down through Torah, because even in the higher worlds, there is a light, a godly light, and this godly light is also a lowering from Hashem's essence. But in Tachtonim, we're allowed, we bring them the light of Hashem, we bring the essence of Hashem into the Dira, and when we bring the light of Hashem into the Dira that we create here, this doesn't affect only us down here. This also affects the Elyonim. This also affects the Malachim. Part of the, re the world was created so that we could lift up not only our world, the lowest world, but by lifting up our world, the entire chain of Hishalshalos, the entire system with which Hashem lowered himself ever and ever more to make a physical world becomes ultimately elevated and uplifted. And this could never, ever happen just by the malachim being lamaila, because we need to have the work brought, done down here, as the Rebbe brings, the muscle that is brought, that when you have a structure and you want to pick up the structure, the building, you have to take some kind of a device with which to mechanically lift up this building, and this is called a lever. What does the lever do? How does it operate? So you put the lever directly beneath the lowest parts of the building, and then you're able to lift up the whole thing. But if you were to put the lever somewhere in the middle, maybe you would be able to lift up that part, but certainly you would not be able to lift up the lower parts. And therefore the Torah was given specifically down here in Olam Hazeh, in our lowly world, about which it says that there is nothing lower than it. 
And through this, the entire structure that Hashem had in his mind when he created the world, from the highest worlds to the lowest worlds and everything in between, it all gets lifted up together. And this is why, if we stop to think, every word that Moshe said to the Malachim was teaching some very special point. When Moshe said to the Malachim, Kina yesh do you ever experience envy or jealousy? Do you ever experience evil inclination? Why did he say this? Because he wanted to show them that in this lowly world, when there is nothing lower, and Hashem's light is hidden, and is full of klipa, that's when the Torah applies. But up there it would not help them in any kind of way. But still we're left with another question. Indeed, it's true that to make a dira b'tachtonim, we have to have the Torah down here. But this does not take away, this does not eliminate the complaint of the malachim that they are a bar mitzvah, that they are a, an adjacent neighbor, and they should have first right to whatever it is that's available, that's being sold here to the Yidden, because ultimately they are a bar mitzvah, and they also want to make a dira for Hashem. They also create and they also want to do something. They want to make a dira for Hashem in the higher worlds, and for this they think they need the Torah, because rightfully it's, it's there in the Elyonim, in the supernal world, and they feel they have a right to it. That's the law of the Torah, because they're the next-door neighbors, so to speak. So now we have to say, and this is getting us to the conclusion of the Sikha, where everything will be resolved, that idea of a dira for Hashem, which means drawing down Hashem's essence, cannot possibly ever be accomplished or achieved uh, not even through the malachim, and it's only through the work in the lower worlds that Hashem's essence comes drawn down into the Seder of Hashem, into the system that Hashem created in all the revelations and contractions and concealments until we come down to this world. Now let's try to understand this. We know that Hashem put His essence into the Torah, and this becomes revealed practically when a neshama of a yid is in the boundaries and the limitations of olam hazeh. So the neshama comes down into a world where we are told that this world is full of klipa, full of negative things, and these things are neged Hashem mamish. They are mamish completely against the ebishter, as the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, they neged Hashem completely against Hashem Mamish. And in this lowly world, the Neshama has to struggle with the Yetzir Hara. And through struggling with the Yetzir Hara, the Neshama succeeds in breaking through all the concealments and all the hiddenness and all the limitations. And not only that, but the Neshama is able to take that which is dark and transforming it and transform it into light. And this bending of the darkness and transforming of the klipa, which are literally mamish, practically, against Hashem, to make this into something of holiness, something of kedusha, this is something that the Rebbe calls his chachus. It's a novel thing, something that never existed or never could exist. We take a yesh, we take yeshus, we take substance, I'm sorry, we take matter, we take an entity, and we turn it into ayin. Ayin meaning infin infinity. Like we say, yeshmei ayin. Into absolute godliness. And this ability to create this 
new existence, which could never ever exist otherwise, is really there in the essence of Hashem, because only He, who levado, only He, bekocho, with His koyach, v'yecholta, and with His ability, He has the ability to live ro, to create, that means to bring in a novel existence of yesh, out of ayin. And Hashem gives us the koyach to make from yesh ayin. Hashem makes yesh from ayin, and we have to, Hashem makes from ayin yesh, and we have to take the yesh and make it into ayin. How could this be done? How are we able to do this? So when we said that, Moshe Rabbeinu said that Hashem gave us the Torah in order to do whatever we have to in this world, and the Gemara says that Hashem created the Yetzir Hara and created the Torah as a tablet, as a flavor enhancer, as a seasoning for the Yetzir Hara, and as far as we've always learned, we don't have to season and enhance the Yetzir Hara. Isn't the goal to bend it, to eliminate it, but the point is that the, old, the way Hashem's essence becomes most manifest is in this creation of the most impossible thing, of this tremendous novelty of being able to take the Yetzir and not only defy it, and not only to bend it, but literally to enhance it, to transform it into something good and beautiful. And there's one more detail that we didn't speak about in the answers of Meishu Rabbeinu to the Malachim when he spoke about not doing Malach on Shabbos, when he spoke about not having jealousy, when he spoke about not having Yetzir when he spoke about not doing Avod Zorah, or not coming down to Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he said to the, to the Malachim, you have a father, you have a mother. This is representative of this, the Rebbe calls it the Kayach of his Hachas, the ability to create an infinite newness that never existed before, which is what? Of an aim, our mother and father, they are parents. Parents give birth to offspring. They create, they give birth a new entity, which is, which is an expression of the infinite powers of the Abishra. And only the Abishra could allow such a thing to happen. So we know that this whole thing of making some, it's for the possibility for someone to be born is really a ray, a taste, of the hischachos of ayin liyesh, and bringing something new into the world, and only this is a kayach that only the infinite power has, because this is, can only happen through infinity. And malachim do not have this kayach at all. Malachim cannot give birth, cannot create something new, a yesh from an ayin. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu said when he was talking to the malachim and debating with them and answering them that this kayach of hischachos this ability to give birth and to create this newness is only existing in the neshama when it comes down into this world. Because by coming down into this world and doing the avoda that the neshama of Iyad has to do while it's in the physical world and while it's in the body of Iyad, Iyad becomes a molid. Iyad is able to utilize this power of infinity that only Hashem, who is Ein Sof, has, and we take literal, lowly, physical and material things, and we make out of them, and through making it out of them, from the whole chain of Ishtalshalos, we literally are able to make a dwelling place for Hashem and His very infinite essence. May we merit to be makabal the Torah b'semcho b'pnimius, and to finally see the fulfillment of everything we are learning. Thank you very much.